Association for the Visual Arts is the peak body protecting and promoting the professional interests of the Australian visual arts. Nava in Conversation is a series exploring the issues and challenges of working in the sector. We speak with artists, curators and administrators to gain insight into the experiences of contemporary practice and seek to propose ideas for change, progress and resilience in both local and global contexts. Welcome back to NAVA's In Conversation podcast series. My name is Justine Youssef. I am an artist and the professional practice coordinator here at NAVA. And this morning, I'm joined by Mandy Quadrio. Mandy is a contemporary artist and doctoral candidate at Queensland College of the Arts with the Griffith University. Her multidisciplinary practice is intertwined with her proud Palawa identity and her ancestral country of Tebrakuna, coastal plains nation on the lands colonially referred to as northeast of Tasmania. It's also woven together with her connection to the Oyster Bay Nation of Eastern Tasmania as a First Nations woman. Mandy has a keen sense of materiality and uses this to assert the lived experiences of her Palawa people, whose histories continue to be denied and erased by colonial powers today. Mandy, thank you so much for meeting with me today and being so open to having this chat. Oh, thank you for having me. So today we'll be talking about your new project for Hobie and Ali. Mm-hmm. Um, it's titled Here Lies Lies and it's only just opened up at the Tasmanian Museum and Art Gallery's Bond Store Basement. That's right. Yeah, yeah so you're representing the Brisbane-based Ari Outer Space and in this work you call attention to colonial myths, denials and historical inaccuracies relative to Tebrakuna country. Mm-hmm. That's correct. So first up, can you describe what the audience engages with in this work? So when the the audience first approached the basement of the Bond Store, which is part of the Tasmanian Museum and Art Gallery, they'll encounter a dark a darkened space where only individual works are illuminated, and they will engage with the physicality of a large traditional Palawa boat form, and this is overlaid with entangled, enmeshed, and somewhat rusted steel wool. There's also a central foundational pillar that's also concealed with large swathes of smooth steel wool and that's interspersed with occasional sinuous tangles of the abrasive material. The steel wool appears to be seeping out from the rafters and it flows out across the basement floor. There's also a text-based work and that is the title of the work, Here Lies Lies, and the texts are scattered around the basement spotlighted on the floor and these cast textual pieces are repeating the title of the work Here Lies Lies. So one bronze text work immediately stops you in your tracks upon entering the space. Another text work constructed from white resin is in disarray appearing like a pile of calcified bones. So in the final moment of the gated back room of the basement there is a there's revealed a dimly lit white colonialist sandstone wall which to me represents a colonialist monument and below this wall silently resting in the dirt sits the shortened text here lies thank you so much so i guess before we break down all of the elements in the work i met with you a couple of days ago when you were giving a public talk um, Mm -hmm. downstairs in the bond store basement that's right Mm-hmm. Um, and you mentioned that this was the first exhibition you've ever held down here, um, so close to Tebukuna country. Mm-hmm. Um, what does it mean for you to exhibit your work on this site? 
So being present in Tasmania makes me feel grounded and connected to my place. Exhibiting my work here at the Tasmanian Museum and Art Gallery is significant and it is like bringing my work home, given that my works always reference Tasmanian histories and contemporary stories. So it is like returning them to my country. In regards to this specific site, Palawa people have had an ongoing, historically troubling relationship with TMAG, given that they've been the gatekeeper of Tasmanian histories and controlled how our stories have been told. Through their museum displays, they have perpetuated and consolidated the ongoing myth of Palawa extinction. As I've come to understand and see the lies and fictions in history, I'm contradicting these myths that have been taken as fact. I'm taking control of my own stories and acting against those who are usurping my rights to tell my story. I am asserting my presence on this site that has denied me my existence. That presence is definitely felt when you're down there in the basement, the dark and dark spaces and those like, strongly lit features, um, one of which is the, the boat form that sits kind of almost central to the gallery space. Yes. Um, so you've mentioned that it references traditional Palawa watercrafts. What drew you to referencing this form and what does it represent for you? My work always references some aspect of Palawa culture. So this work developed organically thinking about my stories. It references a traditional Palawa boat form that I know was used for transport and for food gathering. We are a seafaring island people and have been particularly since we've inhabited the Bass Strait Islands. For me, this boat form in the basement represents Palawa cultural identity. It is embedded with specific stories, memories and lived experiences, but it also represents dark and often buried events. It speaks to the forced removals of my people from their traditional homelands to exile in the Bass Strait Islands. It is overlaid with harsh steel wool and this highlights a brutal colonial genocide enacted on my people. I have reworked a lot of the steel wool with much of it rusting and this allows me to express the changing nature of my relationship to history, culture and identity. So the title speaks specifically to these denials and contested histories. It reveals continued, the continued erasure of Palawa and Tasmanian Aboriginal people. You've touched on this, but could you speak a little further to these histories and their present implications? Mm -hmm. So my work acts to expose the historic and continued denial of the existence of Palawa people, and I work with the ongoing myth that we are extinct. So this fiction is deeply embedded into the Australian psyche, and the need for myself and others to continually reject lies about our so-called extinction extracts a heavy toll on our communities. So this has led me to use art as an act of resistance and bring our stories forward. This narrative of erasure extends to my own personal history also that includes my mother's uninvestigated and unsolved disappearance in the 1960s. This event impacts on how I view the world socially, politically and emotionally. So the Bond story is one of the oldest and best preserved examples of early colonial architecture in the region. It dates back to 1823 and was called to the development of Hobart Town because of its relationship with the port. How much has a Bond store basement space shaped this body of work? Um, and if it has, in what ways? Well, with any art installation, the site determines how a work will be shown and read. So this being one of the earliest colonial buildings in Hobart, where I am occupying the silent subterranean depth and foundations of the museum, almost demanded to be darkened. 
So by eliminating only the individual works, I was able to use this colonial space to shine a bright light on the lies and fictions of Tasmanian history. It also has suggestions of a crime scene. This historical and contemporary crime scene is consolidated by the colonialist monument work at the final moment of the installation, which appears as a large tombstone. This tombstone and floor-based text piece stating here lies lies, talks of the fabrications of history, but also asks us to consider what bodies lie beneath the built environment. In this space, there's an underlying sense of sadness and loss, and it connects me with evidence of our dispossession. However, while I'm acknowledging the unacknowledged genocide in Tasmania and the impact on myself and all other Australians, my work is also about celebrating Palawar existence and resilience and asserting contemporary Indigenous experience. Mm. My boat-like form also responds perfectly to this space of the bond store, given that it was a place where bonded goods were shipped in, stored and then shipped out. Do you often create new work with the exhibition space in mind? And if so, how does the exhibition site impact the work that you create? So being a Brisbane-based artist, this space here in Hobart has provided me with a physical and tangible connection to my history and to my people. This exhibition will contribute to my continued active engagement with the representation of my Palawa cultural surviving and thriving. It will further provide a means for me to offer resistance to personal and historical attacks towards Australia's First Nations people by exploring, exposing and speaking to broader issues of Australian Aboriginal histories. So we're here in a meeting room at Customs House and earlier you pointed out that we're surrounded by images of your ancestors here. You've spoken about this work at Tasmanian Museum and Art Gallery of revealing as revealing of erased histories and connected to the healing of them. Can you speak a little more about this? Mm -hmm. Making the work around my history and people and bringing my stories forward is like a step towards healing in terms of historical wounds that have been denied. So it's odd to be seated in this small office space of Customs House adjacent to the Tasmanian Museum and Art Gallery where we are surrounded by images of my ancestors because, strangely enough, these images are not present in the museum proper. They're not accompanied by any didactic and the only information provided is about the materiality of the central table. They are probably only here as a decorative feature. This is connected to what has been and continues to be structural and systematic erasure surrounding Palawa people in Tasmania. So I first learned about your art practice earlier this year through your solo exhibition with the Steely Resolve at First Draft in Sydney. The work was incredibly impacting and spoke to colonial myths in a visceral way. In that exhibition, as well as in this current show at Hobie and Ali, you've pushed the medium of steel wool to create forms so far removed from the domestic context that I'm familiar with. What does the materiality of the abrasive steel wool speak to for you? For me, steel wool is a nuanced and multi-layered material. As a harsh and abrasive colonialist material, steel wool is symbolic of Australia's mission to scrub out or clean away all traces of Aboriginality. It makes reference to the attempted annihilation and genocide perpetrated on Australia's Indigenous peoples. It also alludes to how Aboriginal women were indentured as domestic servants into colonial households. So I use this material as a response to a growing knowledge and understanding of how Palawa people have been rendered invisible or othered by colonising forces. 
As a material that is basically steel, it also speaks to strength and resilience. Steel wool is also an ephemeral material and eventually rusts and disintegrates. This narrative of change and transformation is also a narrative that I respond to, given that my culture and history and identity is ever-changing and not static. That dual symbolism is really potent of it being this harsh, abrasive medium, but then also one that represents transformation and strength and resilience. Mm -hmm. I felt that in, in the book help that you've used in other works as well. Mm -hmm. So that's a recurring medium. And yeah, I was wondering what your, your relationship might be with that material and how it might also mm -hmm. embody um, resilience and continuity for you. So book help has been in our Palawa toolkit for as long as we know and has provided and continues to provide material for our object production that maintains Palawa cultural expression. As one of my signature materials, this dense leather-like plant, which is part of our material culture, transcends generations and connects me to my history and it grounds me in my practice. It's a potent representation of our Palawa existence and resilience and informs my enduring cultural continuity and narratives. We know it was used traditionally for holding and carrying water, it was eaten as a food source and it was used as protection for the feet, amongst other things. I use the bull kelp in my practice to hold, carry and protect my stories. The bull kelp is also an ephemeral material that responds to the varying influences of water, land and the atmosphere. The ways that the bull kelp reacts under these different influences are difficult to control and I'm often faced with the challenge of accepting unpredictable forms. The processes of decay and disintegration that the bull kelp undergoes also functions to disrupt a fixed singular narrative of colonialism. I use such ruptures as a decolonising strategy and allow the changeable nature of bull kelp to represent constant growth in my cultural self. Mm, that disruption and rupture feels really present, especially with what's going on downstairs in the show. Yes, yeah. So outside of the bull kelp, you also work with river reed in your practice, from what I've read up, and um, I imagine various other natural me mediums. Mm -hmm. Have environmental shifts connected with the climate crisis impacted your harvesting seasons in recent years? Because I'm not resident in Tasmania, I'm not totally aware of environmental changes around seasonal gathering of materials. However, when I have been hunting and gathering with the aunties, I've noticed a decline in the bull kelp that inhabits the coastal shorelines. This might be due to the fact that there's an increase in sea urchins who apparently devour the kelp plants and are depleting the bull kelp forests. And possibly there are other factors such as over farming, rising sea temperatures and ocean pollution. <clears throat> the mutton bird season, with mutton bird being one of our traditional foods, has been impacted this year and that numbers of birds returning from their Arctic flights have dwindled and their return was out of their normal arrival time. Have you heard of any initiatives or any, any groups of people who are working to kind of revive that at all? Or? No, I'm not sure. I think it might have taken people by surprise, really. Um, and there's been a lot of dead birds found on, on beaches and even in New South Wales. It's hard to really know what's happened. I'm not really an expert on mutton birds, so I can't really speak for that. But I do know it's, there's been a huge impact in, in their numbers, which is really tragic. Um, people in the Bass Strait Islands, you know, mm. some of my mob over there would, would be well aware of what's going on and, and keeping tabs of, of because people are still actively farming, yeah. mutton harvesting and farming mutton birds over there. 
So I'm not sure what's what's going to happen, yeah. sadly. Yeah, and with the future of your own practice as well, if, if with the, still be coming through in abundance for you to use. Yes. I mean, I only really take small amounts from the coast because the bull kelp inhabits both the ocean and the coastal shoreline mm. and, and creatures inhabit, you know, both areas. I mean, that's the nature of my practice too. It's always changing and, you know, given that the materials are, are changing in themselves. So, but I do try to extend my practice across a wide range of mediums. Mm-hmm. Thank you so much for coming through, Mandy. Oh, thank you very much, Justine. Thanks for sharing all this. Um, thank you. How long is the exhibition going until? So the exhibition extends until Saturday the 23rd of November. It's been part of the Hobi and Ali, and I think that wraps up on Saturday. So that it's been a great little festival here in Hobart. Thank you. Thank you. Head to our website visualarts.net.au for more information on NAVA's advocacy and campaigns for improving the working environment for Australian artists and arts organisations.